Thank you so much for allowing me to speak this evening. It's a great honor. I've been asked to speak about Krishna John Mastami, the appearance of Lord Krishna. There seems to be a couple versions of Krishna's appearance. We have the idea that's presented in the Bhagavat Purana, and we also have a more detailed and a little different explanation of the exact circumstance of Krishna's appearance presented by Jiva Goswami and his Gopala Champu. So I thought we'd address that distinction between the two versions of Krishna's appearance this evening and the significance of basically the overall understanding of the Supreme Lord as presented by the Gaudiya tradition. So I wanted to begin this evening uh, by quoting a couple verses presented at the very beginning of the 10th canto. And at the very beginning of the 10th canto, Maharaj Parikshit is presenting a, first of all, a, all a glorification of the speaker of the Bhagavatam, Sukadev Goswami. And Sukadev Goswami is also glorifying Maharaj Parikshit due to his excellent questions. The first verse we're going to quote is from Sukadev. Sri Sukadev Goswami said, O your majesty, best of all saintly kings, because you are greatly attracted to topics of Vasudev, it is certain that your intelligence is firmly fixed in spiritual understanding, which is the only true goal for humanity. Because that attraction is unceasing, it is certainly sublime. Now, in the commentary of related to this verse, presented by Jiva Goswami and his Lagu Vaishnav Tosini. So there's two Vaishnav Tosinis, one presented by Sanatan Goswami and one presented by Jiva Goswami. These are their commentaries on the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam. And in that commentary, Jiva Goswami states the following. Rasa appears in conversation by mutual affection between the speaker and the hearer. So that's one unique characteristic of the Bhagavat Purana is this spiritual affection that is the carrier for the message of Srimad Bhagavatam. Now also wanted to bring up a couple things in relation to the Bhagavatam before we got to the actual Leela narrative and then we're going to kind of analyze that Leela narrative as it's presented both in the Srimad Bhagavatam and in the Gopal Champu. So there's one interesting verse, a gemstone that's uh, relayed by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in the second canto of the Bhagavatam, which I wanted to share just as it like gives us an introduction to the special, the specialty 
exactly what what is the nature of this scripture, Srimad Bhagavatam, and why it's so significant. So there's a verse there, and it's spoken by Brahma to Narada. And it reads, This word, work, called Bhagavatam, spoken to me by the Lord, is a collection of the Lord's bibhutis. You should distribute it everywhere. Now in that commentary, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, do not consider it just a scripture. It is a collection of vibhutis, or powers of the Lord. So, as we know, in the very beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, these various manifestations of the Supreme Lord, avataric descents are described. In the very third chapter, there's a whole listing of different avatars. And at the after, right up to the point, there's all these different avatars listed, and then we come to the Parivas Sutra. The Parivas Sutra is like the light which illuminates the entirety of the Gaudiya understanding of Srimad Bhagavatam. So when we say Parivas Sutra, we're talking about a viewpoint of the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, that is unique to our Gaudiya tradition. And the uniqueness is this sutra spoken by Sutta Goswami after he talks of the Lord's coming into the material world for the benefit of humanity. So he lists so many avatars or descents of the Lord. And he lists Krishna and Balaram also in that whole listing. And then after he's gone through the whole litany of different descents of the Lord, then he speaks this one verse. Iti chamsa kala pumsa Krishnas tu Bhagavan Swayam. Now this second pada, Krishnas tu Bhagavan Swayam, is the illumination. It is our, it is the light by which we are to see the narration of Srimad Bhagavatam. Our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, he stated it simply again and again throughout his commentaries to the Bhagavat Purana. Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. So, after the speaking of this particular verse, then also these various bibhutis or potencies of the Lord are also put forth by Sutta Goswami. So it's interesting that we see the Bhagavat Purana for what it is. It is also an avataric descent of the Supreme Lord as one of his potencies. It's not just scripture, it's a manifestation of the Supreme Lord. So now to the Leela narrative that we've been requested to discuss this evening. 
And we're first going to begin to look at this Leela narrative by highlighting one other unique feature of the understanding, of course, of the primary illuminating power of the Parivas Sutra, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. And we're going to see it in light of an Anucheda, a section, Anucheda is a word that stands for section, of the Krishna Sandarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. So in the Krishna Sandarbha, uh, 51st Anucheda, Jiva Goswami quotes the following verse. O Master, the deeds that Bhagavan Hari, Krishna, the supreme controller, enacts through whatever avatar are charming charming to our ears and attractive to our hearts. But then he goes on. If you think it fit, if if you think I'm fit to hear it, kindly narrate those particular exploits of Sri Hari by listening to which a person's depression and material hankerings disappear. His mind is quickly purified and devotion to Sri Hari becomes manifest along with friendship toward his devotees. Jiva Goswami then goes on in this Anacheda to quote from the commentary of the great Sridhar Swami we find throughout the Sandarbhas that Sridhar Swami is quoted repeatedly by Jiva Goswami and he puts forth Jiva Goswami, I mean, Jiva Goswami puts forth Sridhar's understandings and purports of the Bhagavat Purana repeatedly as like evidence. This is evidence of the proper way to understand these different subjects. And really what Jeeva is presenting us with in his Sandarbhas is how should we as Gaudiya Vaishnavs understand this Bhagavat Purana. Of course he begins in the Tattva saying this is, this is the tr- truly the most illuminating Vibhuti, as we've just heard, of the Supreme Lord that is available. Of all scriptures, it's supreme. So, Sridhar Swami writes in regards to these verses, whatever deeds Bhagavan Hari enacts through whichever avatar, whatever descent the Lord makes, for the betterment of human society, such as matcha and so on, they're all certainly pleasing to the ears and delightful to the mind. Just to hear what these different avatars did. It's very, very pleasing, very delightful. Yet, if you would be so kind, so Sridhar Swami is basically paraphrasing the verse that's just been quoted. This is from his commentary to this particular verse. Please narrate those particular enchanting pastimes of a Hari by hearing which mental depression and the various hankerings that are the root 
its root cause of any person whatsoever are removed and purification of the heart, devotion to Hari, and love for him in servitude and friendship can ensue without delay. So what Sridhar Swami's commentary is telling us is these specific leelas of Bhagavan Sri Krishna have a, an additional, an effect on the listener. Over and above the other avatars, this specific pastimes, these pastimes related to Lord Krishna, have a more profound effect on the listener. What's the, what is it? Those profound effects, it destroys the root cause of material miseries. The root cause. If you pull something out by the root, it's not going to grow back. So if we can remove the root cause of our material miseries, that's a great benediction. So, and also, Sridhar Swami mentions here what? This is available for everyone. This is not, there's no sectarianism here. The door to these leelas is available to all of mankind. There's nothing barring anyone from attaining the topmost benefit from hearing the leelas of Krishna. So, the, consequently, it's proven here, it's shown that Pariksha wanted to hear specifically. He's heard now nine, can't, well, eight cantos of discord with, within discourse from, in regards to Lord Krishna, from Sukadev Goswami. And now he's, he really wants to focus on Krishna. Consequently, excuse me, consequently, it should be concluded that Pariksit longed to hear specifically about Lord Krishna. Specifically. Even though in this verse he extends honor to other avatars as well. On to Krishna's birth. So, Krishna's birth pastime as relayed by Jiva Goswami in the Gopal Champu, Gopala Champu, is done by the vehicle of two bards. So the setting is these two poets and actors are on a stage before the residence of Goloka in the transcendental realm. So that's that's the scene, and the scene set within Gopala Champu that these two young performers come before Krishna and his dearmost associates in his transcendental abode. So this is not when the Lord descends into the material world. It's a little different. The residence of Braj 
in the transcendental realm are going to gain some knowledge of the activities that happen within the material realm. Now, in the transcendental realm, the leelas of Krishna's birth, the leelas of Krishna's Kumara ages, his, his youngest years, are, are not really part of the ongoing leela. It's like a fixed point in time in Goloka. So this is quite pleasurable to them to hear of these other leelas of the Lord. So the king, the king here referring to Nanda Maharaj, the king ordered in a sweet voice, O Madhukanta and Snigdakanta, we are very eager. Please describe something. Then, well, which of us should speak first? The elder should speak first. So Madhukanta relates these birth pastimes of Lord Krishna. When this arrangement took place, Madhukanta eagerly began singing, dancing, and acting, pleasing all as they began the story. Then Madhukanta gives a little bit of the family tree uh, leading up to the appearance of Lord Krishna. And in that, he greatly praises Nanda Maharaj. And, of course, his father, Parjanya. And then there's one little section I wanted to share with you. This is Parjanya was was in... The question was presented to Parjanya uh, by his sons. Then fortunate Parjanya entered Vrindavan to worship Govinda's lotus feet. When his son desired to know the essence of all scriptures in brief, he topped him as follows. I thought this was very interesting. There's a very simple teaching here. What is the cause of fear? Karma is the cause. What is the shelter? Bhakti to the Lord is the shelter. What is the most cherished object in this world? The devotees of the Lord are the most cherished. What is happiness? Krishna Prem is happiness. So we're going to talk a little tattva, rasa tattva, the Lord's actual birth, and also tattvas as far as understanding the leela. So we all know, everybody here knows the pastime leela of the Lord's appearance. And we know it primarily as presented in the Bhagavat Purana. And what I really wanted to talk about this evening was that as an as a avenue for us to glorify our Gaudiya tradition, we should understand that how, how deeply 
the Goswami founders of the Gaudiya Sampradaya dove into the Bhagavat Purana. They left no stone unturned. So, what I mean by that is we're going to see a small example here of a few things that they detected in the discourse of the Bhagavat Purana and they they had to reconcile. And in reconciling these small points, these the details of Krishna's birth, that Leela opens up for the benefit of the Gaudiya Sampradaya. So we generally accept the Leela simply that Krishna was born to Vasudeva and Devaki and he came he came out in his original forearm form they were overtaken with wonder they placed their prayers before him and they requested that he give up this godlike form he said i've only shown you my god godlike form, my Vishnu manifestation, I've only shown you this so that you can remember that that I'm God because you prayed to have the Lord as your son, so here I am. And there was some back and forth between their paternal affection and their being overtaken by their understanding of the Lord as their offspring or even being in the presence of the Lord. They knew that they they couldn't actually be the parents of God and then they thought, but we are the parents of God. So a little so make a long story short. Uh, for the purposes of this evening's discussion, they at the request of Devaki Krishna accepted a two-handed form and Vasudev carried Krishna to Vrindavan to the bed of Yasoda and took Yasoda's child Yogamaya back to the cell so a switch was had and then as the narrative goes on, Kamsa heard of the birth, came down, grabs the child, is ready to smash it on the ground, and it flies into the air, and he's he's just overwhelmed because here is Yoga Maya, the, the supreme manifestation of the the shaktis of the Lord, and well, he's a Shakti worshiper, so he's like, oh, I'm so, whoa, I'm sorry. And it completely adjusts his thinking. But, so that's, that's our general understanding. The Leela narrative begins that Balaram's transferred from the womb of Devaki to the womb of 
womb of Rohini, uh, by Yogamaya. But there's some other little mentions in the Bhagavat Purana that make us question what it does things how do we reconcile these other other little bits of knowledge? One is that Yogamaya is presented as the younger sister of Krishna. And there's definite statements in the Bhagavat Purana that make us believe, that assure us actually, that Krishna was actually born to Nanda and Yasoda. Well, wait. The Bhagavatam seems to say that Krishna was born to Devaki and transferred to the bed of Yasoda. But what we find in the presentation to the residents of Goloka by these two bards are a reconciliation of these points that are made in the Srimad Bhagavatam. What we find there that actually Krishna was born simultaneously at the same moment to both Devaki and Mother Yasoda. And then we have an understanding from the way that Madhukanta presented the Leela, Yoga Maya carries Krishna to the present house. And in doing so, at that time, Vishnu has manifested there. Devaki has requested that Krishna show his two-on form. And at that time, Krishna, that was born to Yasoda, the form of Vishnu merges in to that form of Krishna. And then Vasudev carries that form back. Now all this is done invisibly by Yogamaya. Yogamaya just uses her potency, her bewildering potency, takes the ba- takes Krishna in an invisible form to the prison house in Mathura, and and then Krishna just merges these two forms of the Lord merge together. So Krishna was born in both places simultaneously, and then Yogamaya is born to Yasoda. Thus, we have a reconciliation of the fact that Yogamaya is the younger sister of Krishna. And then the switch happens. Now I wanted to take this approach this evening and 
highlight it because it goes along with the significance of what we're studying right now in Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. And what we're seeing there is what is this specific quality and potency that's been made available through the Gaudiya tradition, through this advent of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now we, as Western followers of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, have to step back a little bit to really get it. I mean, none of us here have any problem seeing Krishna do Bhagavan Swayam or understanding Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, to mean that the Lord has innumerable forms and of all those forms, Krishna is the original source of them all and Krishna is the topmost manifestation of the Godhead. We have no no difficulty with the acceptance of that. But this truly is the unique characteristic of our Gaudiya Sampradaya. If we go back to the to, to Madhvacharya, Madhvacharya's teaching is all the different manifestations of the Supreme Lord have the same potency. There's no distinguishing of a hierarchy of the manifestations of God. So this is unique, this Gaudiya presentation. What is it? Achinta, Beta, Beta, Tattva. This aspect of the Lord having innumerable manifestations, but of these, what we see is Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Swayam Bhagavan. And throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam, again, this is unique, Srimad Bhagavatam. Up to the point, up to this point, the acceptance of Srimad Bhagavatam as the primary praman or evidence regarding the topmost understanding of the, of the supreme absolute truth was not there in Vaishnavism. This is unique. We accept Srimad Bhagavatam as the mature commentary. We accept Srimad Bhagavatam as a vibhuti. We accept Srimad Bhagavatam as a descent of the Supreme Lord. After After the Lord left, this Srimad Bhagavatam rose like the sun to nourish the Gaudiya tradition. So this is, this is extremely wonderful that we have like this, we, I, I don't want to say we take it for granted because we don't take it for granted, but when we step back and see what is the unique contribution of Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu and how much this is going to influence our specific spiritual lives in that it opens up the door to Raganuga Bhakti. 
it allows us entrance into the Lord's a relationship with the Supreme Lord, which is the most intimate that we have knowledge of up to this date. We're convinced by our acharyas that it's this is the, this is the very best it gets. It's and well, we were, we're not going to limit the Lord. He's unlimited. But we're going to say, yeah, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is from all, from everything that's observable at this point in time by our acharyas and by ourselves as sadikas and as the, the potential of actually having the most intimate relationship with the Lord, we cannot conceive of any understanding that would supersede what's been made available to us. Especially when we see what's been made available to us in light of Vaishnavism up to this time. So this advent of Sri Shaitanya, this, this dispensation of Golo Care Prema Don, the, the, the frame of a relationship with the Lord in his most intimate setting, free of Aishvarya, free of even the idea that the personality that we're developing this loving relationship with in our perfection of spirituality is even the Supreme Lord. Of course, now we know Krishna is God. It's understood. We're, 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 we're aspiring sadhikas, but we can see what is that goal. So we know this Parivas Sutra and how significant it is to our understanding. But I want to share a secret with you. There is another Parivas in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And that other Parivas is given to us by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. So I'm going to read this second understanding and this will kind of it's the icing on the cake so to speak so we know the part how 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 important is the Parivas Sutra Krishna's to Bhagavad Swayam that we see that the that the supreme personality of Godhead is Krishna how important is it to understand that a relationship with Krishna in his most perfect of atmospheres for exchanging love with his devotees in Vrindavan. It becomes our ideal. It becomes our aspiration. And as we continue 
to throw off the miseries of material existence by focusing our spiritual aspiration on Krishna in light of all of the Leela, we become so absorbed in the Leela that the Leela becomes our complete spiritual aspiration. We want to enter into that. So this Parivas Sutra, Jiva Goswami's dedicated one whole book of his Sandarvas to this Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. A whole volume. And then he explains Krishna. He explains this Parivas Sutra and he explains all the different it is the it's the main objective of all the Leela narratives. We can see it shining through all the verses of the Bhagavat Purana. And he just he goes on to on. It it satisfies all the different criteria for logical approach to spiritual understanding. It is that verse that illuminates everything. And then Vishwanath, he provides us, I want to tell you another Parivas, another verse that you can look at as a Parivas Sutra or verse. And his Parivas is located in the 10th canto. He points out, and Lord Krishna here has shown Mother Yasoda the entire universe residing in him. He's opened his mouth and she looked in and she saw everything. She saw herself looking in Krishna's mouth. She saw the sun, the moon, the stars, the whole, all the, everything. Just what a vision. So imagine your little child, you're suckling your child. You look down, he opens his mouth and everything's there. So the verse from the 8th chapter, the 10th canto, the glories of the Supreme Personality of Godhead are studied through the three Vedas, the Upanishads, the literature of Sankhya Yoga, and other Vaishnav literature. The glories of God are in all these different places, in these different scriptures. But the verse goes on to say, Yet, Mother Yasoda considered that supreme person her ordinary child. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur writes here, One should take this verse as a Parivas Sutra of Krishna Leela. As a lamp sits in one place in a dark room and lights up the whole room, so that statement in the scriptures, which can reveal the meaning of all scriptures or regulate the meaning 
of the scriptures is called a Parivasutra. This verse stands, Vishwanath goes on to say, as a regulator for all of the pastimes related to Ashvarya. Displays of power and opulence. Shown during Krishna's Kumar and Kishore ages in Mathura, Kurukshetra, and elsewhere. So what's Vishwanath really mean here? This verse shows that this is the verse through which we should see all of God's displays of godliness. This verse. Every time we, as Gaudias, are are confronted with a presentation of God in any of his various manifestations and in displaying any of his different leelas, whenever the Supreme Personality of Godhead or any of his different avataric descents or any of our understandings of God or meditations on God as the Virat Rupa or understanding of God as the Purushas, the manifestors of the material creation, any time we as Gaudius see any of this, we need to see it in the light of the vision of Mother Yasoda looking into the mouth of Krishna and seeing everything. What does that mean for us? It means that the main under, our main understanding and relationship with the Supreme Lord has to be one based on the kind of love, a kind of love, as we see exemplified in Mother Yasoda. This is my child. This is all. When I see Krishna, I only see my child. I don't see God. When I see Krishna, I only see my lover. When I see Krishna, I only see my dear most friend. When I hear Krishna has done something amazing, I fall back on what Gargamuni said. He's going to act like Narayan once in a while. He's got his powers. But he's my child. In truth, that's all he is to me. He's my lover, and that's all he'll ever be to me. He's my friend, and he's my only friend. This is our Gaudiya tradition. This is how we approach the Supreme Lord. Let others glorify God for all the powers and beauties and opulences that are available in the world of man 
throughout the creations or in the Vaikuntha realm. But our God, well, we see him in a very different way. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Um, so the last part was that um, the Aishwarya that that the Papara Sutra is that we are to see um, Krishna as Mother Tissota sees Krishna or you know that he's our friend or lover. But um, what do you mean by the Aishwarya? It's the like it brings out the Aishwarya or represents the Aishwarya as well. It sounded like you were saying. When we see the Aishwarya, when we hear of the Lord's Aishwarya, yeah. we don't let that. We, we see that in the same way that Mother Yasoda saw it when she looked in Krishna's mouth. Okay. That's what Vishwanath said. Okay. We're not over, we're not, it doesn't get the better of us. Okay. So what? Gargamuni said he could show the universes. It's nice. Krishna could kill the demons and so many things, but really, we're just interested in this, our, in, the, in, in our relationship with him, and really, we can't conceive of him in any other way. Now, of course, we're, we're just beginning now, we're, but this is our goal, this is our, this is our aspiration. This is the intent of everything that we do under the direction of our spiritual master. This is the intent of all of our study, the intent of all of our worship, the intent of all of our sangha, the intent of all of our kirtan is to see Krishna this way, to develop this intimate, this much of an intimate relationship with him. That's our objective. And that's what Vishwanath is speaking to there. How significant, again, how greatly fortunate we are that we have this Gaudiya Sampradaya backing that even when they read the Bhagavatam, when they see one thing, wait, the, in, the, in the Bhagavat, I, actually I think the statement, statements in the Hari Fams of Purana, this statement that Yoga Maya is the younger sister of Krishna. They have to explore. They have to explore it. They have to completely enter into the narration and work it out. So that's why we see this difference in these two narrations of just Krishna's birth. Two different, it seems like there's two different stories here. It's a different storyline. But really, what we have here is, is a plunging into the depths of the scriptures by the Goswamis under the direction of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that allows all these things to be perfectly reconciled. And in that perfect reconciliation, then we're, we're blessed with the, this understanding that actually, yes, Krishna was born to Nanda and Yasoda. It's a fact.
that's unique. <laughs> that's, that's a special treat for us. There's no question. In the Leela narrative, as the Bhagavatam presents it, superficially, it would look like that's not the case. But actually, the Goswamis prove it actually is the case. And this is how it happened. Jiva Goswami and his Gopal Champu, through the narration of Madhukanta and the insights of Snignakanta. So we'll see there, sometimes in the narration you'll find this. In Snignakanta, he's, he's thinking things. He's thinking things, and, and that's what's presented in the narrative. Why? He doesn't want to speak them out loud. Why? Because they would influence the love of his audience for Krishna. For our benefit, he's thinking tattva, and he's making it all, explaining it all to us. Snigdakanta thinks. And then after he's presented what he thinks, then he says, oh, please go on. He asks Madhukanta, please continue. So he's made it clear for us as the audience, but there's another audience there that's just hearing the narration of Madhukanta. And he doesn't want to in any way dampen their praying for Krishna. Why? Because Narada told them, if you go and you have an opportunity to speak to that audience, you must take some care. So they, they're very careful in, their, in the pre presentation of their narrative to follow Narada's direction. Anything else? I do thank you for your association. Thank you. Thank you.